0: I saw William earlier, uh, first thing this morning, I was like, he looks really familiar. So I went up and did the whole, hey, William, do we know each other? And he, his daughter I got to work with when I was at Fulton High School several years ago, and it's just always such a gift um, to be able to make those connections and a gift to see William giving using his gifts and graces. Um, we're glad William's here, and we're glad you're here, however it is that you have shown up. I've been, I've told this part, uh, the story before, I know you love it when a pastor says, I've told this story before, and you're like, I can't wait to hear it again, but here we go. Um, But the part is, I'm not telling the story again, I'm telling the part about I am part of the recovery community and have been for years and so grateful for that for many reasons. And I was recently in a recovery group and I found myself looking around the room and I started looking about our differences. About how our ages range from 20s to 70s. How where we grew up and where we came from are different. Our accents are different amongst us. Some people got sober in Knoxville others did not how we see the literature of recovery some of us in a more traditional manner others in a less traditional manner how I know enough about us in the room to know this that we span the spectrum of political beliefs of religious beliefs and yet there we are single purpose. We're unlikely friends, but we are there together, and our differences fade away in the purpose of not just getting sober and staying sober, but living this plan, this design for living. There are All of us who have unlikely friends, who maybe we didn't grow up in the same place. We may not all have the same beautiful accent that others have. Maybe our beliefs are a little bit different. Maybe we look different. And we are unlikely friends. We are focusing this Advent, which is the time of preparation for Jesus' birth and Jesus' return. We are focusing on the unlikely because for many of us, we show up at Christmas and we know how this is going to play out. We've heard the story. We know the traditions. We're looking forward to certain foods at certain times, gathering with certain folks. We're looking forward, like tonight's the Christmas cantata, like that's part of what is supposed to happen at Christmas time. And so Christmas can feel likely. Like we know what's going to happen. Yet the story of the birth of our Savior is incredibly unlikely. Pieces of it are incredibly unlikely. And we're looking at those pieces as we walk towards the birth of Jesus. Last week we talked about unlikely hope. This week we talk about unlikely friends. So who are some of your unlikely friends? Who are some of our unlikely friends? And if you're like, they all look like me, talk like me, believe like me, I'm like, really? You may want to diversify a little bit. (laughs) Laughter is a sign of understanding we're looking at unlikely friends, and we're doing that through the story of the Magi, of the three wise men. What happens in the the story of the birth of Jesus, we look at it through this nativity scene where we have Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and wise men and shepherds, and we're like, that is really cool, that's the way it is, but yet what we know when we look at the Bible is actually... The shepherds aren't in Matthew, but the wise men are. And Luke has the shepherds. And actually, Matthew has just this obscure verse about Jesus is born. Whereas Luke tells what we are familiar with when we think of the story of the birth of Jesus. But what happens is these come together to give us this story of the birth of our our Savior, of God coming to be with us through Jesus Christ. Our focus is on the Magi, and you've probably heard of them maybe as the wise men, and their story is in Matthew 2. Now, I encourage you to read our Bible reading plan. Like, I get, I get, a. preview of what our devotionals are coming up and I want you to know that our readings for this upcoming week are about unlikely friends and our devotionals are about that as well and we've got some powerful examples I'm not saying that just because I happen to be one of the week one of the days but there really are some great examples of how unlikely friends okay (laughs) that was unlikely I told you. It's all about being unlikely. So we're, we're looking at Matthew 2. What happens in Matthew 1 is you have the genealogy of Jesus, which for a lot of us, we're like, I don't I can't say all those names. And we was just skipping that, but it's so important because that connects Jesus all the way back, all the way back to Abraham and to King David and the power of that. Then we have that the angel appears to Joseph, and then we have that Jesus is born, and then we have in Matthew. 2, we have the story of the Magi showing up. The wise men. And this is how it is told in the Gospel of Matthew. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judah Judea during the time of King Herod Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. What we're going to do is look at the story of the wise men coming And we're going to ask a couple of questions of ourselves as we identify a couple of key points. The first thing is the wise men, they weren't from around here. I grew up in a small town in western North Carolina in the 70s and the 80s. And like we all knew each other. Our parents knew each other. Our parents had grown up and then we were growing up together. And when someone moved into town from out of town... We always knew they were not from around here. So the wise men, they traveled approximately 1,000 miles, almost 1,000 miles following, seeking the king of the Jews. They weren't from around here. They, weren't Jew- they had not been raised in the Jewish tradition. They didn't know to keep the law. They weren't from around here. They were different. They didn't have these religious beliefs that aligned with what we will see later in the gospels of the legal experts. But they were looking for the king of the Jews. They were unlikely friends. Who is not from around here that we shy away from. Who is it in our lives that we think they don't belong? That become unlikely friends. The wise men were unlikely friends to show up. for the. They weren't there for the birth. I keep wanting to say the birth. But they were, Jesus was at least, anywhere from birth to two years old. When they, grew, they showed up. Traveled far. They weren't from around here. They were searching. They were seeking. They were seeking the King of the Jews. They were seeking. What or who are you seeking? in our lives today for some of us we saw God a long time ago we've got this Christian thing down pat and it feels pretty comfortable have we forgotten to seek have we forgotten how to seek our God maybe we say you know I know this story I, this Christmas thing I've done already many times I don't need to read scripture about it this year. Have we forgotten how to seek our God? What it must have been like. When's the last time we did something uncomfortable in seeking our God for the wise men? They traveled over a thousand miles without the luxuries of the 21st century. They were seeking The king of the Jews, they had heard about the king of the Jews and they went looking. What or who are we seeking? And sometimes that seeking part is a slippery slope where it doesn't just have automatically happen that we stop seeking, but it's in our little decisions day in and day out that we stop seeking Our God. Do you need to start seeking again? This is an incredible time to start start seeking our God. We see in Matthew how it says that the wise men bowed down, worshipped, and gave gifts. They bowed down, they worshipped. And they gave. In our culture and society, bowing down is seen more as a weakness, but it is this incredibly powerful experience to surrender, to bow down. They bowed down and they worshipped. We have worshipped today. That song that we sang and Paul guided us with our hands. You see, worship is about giving God worth. It's about giving him glory. That we show up in whatever space it is and we are worshiping God. We're not worshiping people. We're worshiping God. We are claiming the truth about God. We bow down, we worship God. And we give. We live in a very transactional society where I give and I expect something in return. You owe me. I mean, I don't say it like that. But that's our society, that we give in expecting return. In my 20s, I, a friend asked me for some money, and I was like, do I give it? Do I not give it? I, was, I consulted with a mentor, and she's like, you can give the money, but you need to understand it's a gift, and you have no expectation of something in return. I was like, oh, I need to think about that. But it is... Let's just say I haven't been in my 20s in a while and it is still imprinted that a gift is a gift and it's not something that I am seeking return. This past week we had the, this cool thing happen here. We had this family back in the 90s contribute four cemetery plots. No one knew when we would need those or when they would be used. They are being used by a family who lost a family member, a young adult. 20 plus years later, what that gift was that I don't know if that family will ever know how it came to fruition, but what that gift is. That power in that we bow down and we worship our God and we give We give beyond an expectation of what we're going to get. How are we surrendering, worshiping, and giving? How do we see the actions of the wise men, these unlikely friends? How do we see ourselves or where we need to be taking next steps? The wise men, they weren't from around here, but they were seeking, they were seeking, they were seeking. They bowed down, they worshiped, and they gave. And their presence foreshadows Jesus' unlikely friends. I was raised in the church. I, I learned how to, you come to church on Sundays, you serve you give. I learned all that stuff. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And yet it wasn't until my 20s that the head knowledge went to my heart. And how that happened was when I really started reading the stories of Jesus in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what I was profoundly affected by was the fact that Jesus would have hung out with me. I had created this expectation. I don't know who to blame it on. I'm sure there's many to blame it on. I'm not sure. But my, what I had come to believe is that I had to get cleaned up to come back to church. That I had to get my act together to be in relationship with Jesus. And what Jesus' actions show is that he met people where they were, incredibly unlikely friends, prostitutes, the untouchables, of lepers, of of the woman who had been bleeding for years. He healed those who were paralyzed and the blind man who the disciples wanted to know who sinned. He had these unlikely friends that he spent time with. And the wise men foreshadow that because they're not from around here. They don't have the beliefs that the the classic religious leaders had. And by them being there with Jesus, it foreshadows that Jesus is going to continue to hang out with the unlikely. He's going to continue to have unlikely friends. And this is what is clear in scripture is that when these unlikely friends meet Jesus, when he meets them where they are, they don't stay there. They are transformed by Jesus' love and grace. Have you experienced that? Do you need to hear that Jesus would hang out with you? Who is it that you are hanging out with? Our God hangs out with us in our most unlikely ways. In the book by Rachel Billups, who was pastor at Ginghamsburg United Methodist Church in Ohio. She's now at another church. She wrote a book called Unlikely Advent. And in the book, she tells a story about how her and her husband would host open table, and they would invite anyone and everyone to come eat. And they would have from 10 to 100. The 100 freaked me out a little bit to think about that. But it was this open table, like you just got to show up. It It reminds me of Wednesday nights here when we have open table. Just come have dinner with us. It's free. Just come. This open table, her friends gave her this sign and the sign said, Jesus eats with everyone. Our society and culture, we divide each other up pretty well. We slice and dice each other up about who believes what and who does what and all this. And yet that phrase of that Jesus eats with everyone. I can't think of a better example than the communion table. Then the table where at the last supper, Judas sat. Judas, who sold Jesus out for money. Peter, who denied Jesus three times and the others who once jesus was arrested they scattered and hid behind locked doors these unlikely friends of jesus these folks he had called from their jobs as fishermen and as a tax collector it was an incredibly unlikely group of friends that gathered with jesus at the last supper who had spent approximately 3 years following him in who he said go and make disciples and because they did we're here today unlikely friends evident at the birth of Jesus and at the communion table the communion table is open to anyone You are welcome here. Part of coming to the communion table is that we come and confess before. You can actually stay where you are and confess. But that part about we go to God and we confess that we have come up short in big ways and small ways. So we're going to, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to pause and in that pause, pray. Pray. Share with Jesus. Share with God where you've come up short. And then we'll conclude the prayer time with the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We come as we are. And you meet us here. We confess we've messed up. We've made mistakes. We want to do better. We want to be more faithful to you. We want to live out your love and grace. And then in this moment of silence, we lift up our specific prayers. Almighty God, we pray that you will comfort us in our suffering and make us whole. When we are afraid, give us courage. When we feel weak, give us strength. When we are afflicted, give us patience. When we are lost, offer us hope. When we are alone, move others to our side. Grant us strength as we approach the communion table that we may live within the healing that comes from taking of the bread and fruit of the vine in your holy name. And now we pray the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory on the night in which jesus gathered with those unlikely friends he took the bread he gave thanks he gave it to the disciples and he said eat of this this is my body broken for you Do this in remembrance of me. He took the cup. He gave thanks. He said, he gave it to the disciples and he said, drink of this. This is the new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. In remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves, all of us, all of us, God each part in gratitude as a holy and living sacrifice carrying the message that has been so graciously been carried to us proclaiming the mystery of faith pour out your spirit on us each of us gathered here on this day in this place and on these gifts of bread and fruit for the vine make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood Make us one with Christ and with each other until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.